you want to make money and you want to do it in a way that doesn't end up coming back to bite you. If it's something completely new that you don't know about, it can be a bit scary. We're back with part two of our crypto chat where we are taking it to the fears around NFTs, digital currency and creativity. Do not be afraid. We are joined by Hash, Yemi and Pallavi. It's Law. This is Culture in the Craft podcast, Tales from the Crypto. Enjoy the episode. Are you all seeing the same or being fed the same type of story that this is the place to be now? And some people saying it's the worst place to be. What are your thoughts? Um, for me, um, so I'm someone who's always had my ear to the ground in terms of like digital art um, in general, just because I, I love it so much. So I'm like just invested in hearing what other people are doing. And uh, I got to conferences and meetups and whatnot. Um, and I guess there has been like two sides to NFTs. There's been a side that's been strongly for it and a side that's been strongly against it um, for various different reasons. Um, but yeah, for sure, there's like a big hype. There's a, and as, as someone that's in the space right now and that has sold them some pieces, I'm like, I even I'll admit like there's a massive hype um, in, in everything. And I guess it's because there's money involved and, and there's a lot of money involved. So there's a lot of people wanting to come in and make quick cash grabs and whatnot. And I, I think that stuff will all go down at one point. I think it's at its peak currently just because of it's it's in its like prehistoric beginning times of this new space. Um, and but I think it will I think it will sort of calm down over time. If it's even if that's even if it's still here in a year's time, no one no one really knows. I mean, obviously the technology and everything will be here, but in terms of NFTs and how people are using them, we, we don't know where they'll exactly go. Um, but yeah, I think, I think yeah, there's, there's like an initial hype and it's interesting to, to, to see how everyone, what everyone's thoughts are on it, whether you, you're in the space or not. Yeah, I will agree. I think I think there is a ridiculous amount of hype going on. Um, not to say that you know like people aren't deserving of the, the props they're getting, but I feel like at the same time there, there, there's a lot there's a lot of noise going on because I and I and I feel like it's just because of the way um, the space has been sort of framed. You know, it's kind of it's kind of been pitched to a lot of people as oh you make ours like come on here let's make let's, let's make a bottle of money really quickly because there's there's collectors left right and they're ready just racing and ready to just open up, open up their purses and buy your stuff and unfortunately that is not the case you know that's not the way the space works it's not a thing where you just come in and say oh i'm just going to put in a piece and then someone's just going to come and buy it like that's kind of not how it works and i feel like a lot of people get that rude awakening and then just give up and not try again i guess yeah, I'm seeing a lot of artists um, come in and want the quick sale. And I think that is, as, as you're right, Yemi, because of the hype. And I think the, the initial conversations was like, oh, you can sell art online. And, and it just happens because there's collectors with infinite purses. Um, but I think the thing to remember is like, it's, I, I think you always have to look at it, how you look at traditional art and how that's sold. It's still a lot about the craft and it's still a lot about who the artist is like, not anyone can just come on and you know a junior artist or, or someone with not a lot of experience can just come on and and make and go big with it. it it has happened in some circumstances i mean there's like young kids like 18 17 year olds who have done very well but it's still at the end of the day like the, the collectors in within this space they still want to invest in like good art that's carefully been you know 
put together and, and has a lot of detail and, and comes, you know, it comes from an artist who, who has like a body of work to show. Um, so I think that's like something you always have to keep in mind. Yeah, I agree. It's like if you go in, a, and I think it's really, it's really popular among like open sea and the communities. Like you go on there and you see some people like literally just download Daz and then just slap on the texture on the on the character in the, in the T-pose and just put up that suit and do something. And it's like, guys, I'm I'm giggling here, but could you explain what that is? Oh yeah, sorry. So like, cut and paste. <laughs> putting something on it and it's okay. <laughs> it on. Yeah, basically sorry. flipping are they just doing basically. a flip i mean some people do that like it, it is a thing um yeah sorry so 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 daz is a it's a software used for character design so it, it lets you sort of sort of uh, manipulate body parts and facial expressions it lets you dress up your characters and put them into different poses and stuff and then you can use that you can you can then export that as an asset and stick that into whatever it is you're doing um in the 3d space so so yeah and it's 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 pretty straightforward to use hence why i guess a lot of people use it um and i've seen and i've seen people use it in the most creative ways i i personally know these two people who do amazing work with that however some of <laughs> however like i said it's it's, it's, it's it's a popular thing because it's so accessible a lot of people just just go in there and just like Slap stuff in you know, a bitch bash posh work, work done. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, copyright issues currently within the space because it is so new. There's a lot of people, yeah. you know, downloading assets and just kind of repurposing them uh, in the simplest form and selling them. And um, yeah, like I said, it's not regulated yet, so it, it's it's hard to to look look at what's going on. Um, I guess in the traditional art space. Um, there's more pe- there's more gatekeepers there's more people to say like oh you're you're copying said artist whereas within this space it's so new so people are going to like do whatever they can to manipulate it and and you know get a sale fast by stealing work and yeah it's it's kind of sad but that's just kind of what happens i think with something so fresh and when there's a lot of money involved i think that's really interesting because obviously the like the thing that excites us about the nft is that it's your original work but if someone brings like a piece of work into like the crypto art scene that that piece might be have an nft and it's theirs then but they might have copied it from someone else so it kind of brings another layer of like whose is it and what's the kind of right thing to do and the legal implications because of course if if someone else has created it first it's it's theirs um, wow. That's one really fun you know, bit about the blockchain. You know, if someone's taking your piece and minted it as their own piece, if you already have that piece minted, say for example, this person minted your piece on OpenSea, you can go, you can aim at OpenSea and be like, hey guys, this is my work. Here is the smart contract. I have minted it first. And the blockchain so graciously has records of the date that we minted. So it's like, it's straightforward for the most part. Interesting. So I've heard a lot about this idea of being able to backwards trace the origins using this blockchain technology. Can you explain what a smart contract is? So basically, a smart contract is basically it's a contract, but it's a digital version of a contract. So basically, what that means is it's a contract that is enforceable without the input of a third party. 
So I'll give an example. Like the most basic form of a, of a smart contract is, and this is what a lot of people use as an example, is a vending machine. So there, there is sort of like unspoken contract between you and a vending machine. So say, for example, you want to buy a can of Coke, and let's say a can of Coke costs a pound, right? Um, so the contract, the way the contract works is you give the machine a pound and you get a can of Coke back in return. That is your contract, and then there is no need for the third party to check if you actually give the pound. Um, if, like it works seamlessly, right? So if you put in ten pounds to the um, to the machine, it would give you nine pounds back because it needs exactly one pound to give you your can of Coke. You know, if you put in ninety eight p you wouldn't get your cook because you haven't fulfilled your end of the contract. So it needs to be balanced. So if you take that idea, it kind of applies to a bunch of different um, different use cases as well. Oh, I love it, Yami. That's a really visual and quite nicely broken down example of how that will stick in my mind now for a start. Other fizzy beverages are available, though, we should say. <laughs> <laughs> Hash, did you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, I think Yami uh, explained it pretty well. So then... We're talking about one thing that's really exciting me coming from this. When I look at my role within leadership, I like to think about what is the change that is happening, the shift that is happening, even in and amongst the way you're doing things, not just how you create and how you exchange money, but how you think about the process of the exchange. And I think there's a lot going on with people having greater access to getting value from the things that they're creating without having to tap into a gallery um, or to have good friends that know good friends who can connect them to sell the art. And I'm really excited about that for global um, ethnic majority groups because that's always been a limiting factor that it's been difficult to get over the gatekeepers. What what is everyone else seeing in terms of access and, and being able to make your own way with your craft yeah uh, i mean for me personally um i you know what it, it's i've been working as a freelancer for uh, you know eight years and i never thought i'd be able to sell a piece of art like i always thought my career would be i i, I work in this sort of service-based way of creating so a client comes to me and asks me to do something and i go out and, and whatever the brief is i go and complete that and the exchange of goods is is that I get paid for the service I provide, but I, but this is different. And I've never considered myself as an artist. I've always been a motion designer. For the first time in my life, I'm calling myself a 3D artist because I'm selling art that I'm making. And it's sort of like the purest transaction, I think, for any creative is to be able to make the stuff that you do and without any sort of external... Um, you know, people getting involved in terms of, oh, it has to be this way or this way because there's a brand, let's say, attached to it, if, if you if you say in terms of, like, advertising or commercial. Um, and, yeah, it's just me, like, putting stuff out there and, and people willing to, to buy the art. And I think pre-NFTs, I don't, I don't believe, for me personally, as an Indian artist, I don't think I would ever have been able to go through the traditional root of, of selling art because I don't think there's a lot of people that look like me who who are able to get into certain spaces because they are these gatekeepers but this is this is different this is a space where you know it's so open and I think that the, the key for me is the collectors are not one certain type of people 
but I have I, I know people who have collected art who are fellow designers and I'm collecting art from other designers now I've become a collector via this process um, so I just think it's like open and it's opened up an entire new industry for a lot of people um, and and to be able to you know have access to art from artists all around the world you know I don't have to go to a specific gallery in a specific city to find an artist I love I can I can buy their art from from you know from a click of a button and and they could be anyone from anywhere and I I think that's like so beautiful and pure. Wow, thanks, Hash. That's all I'm going to say on that. I agree. That was really nicely said, and it's um it's so true. So then, in terms of us as um, individuals who are coming into spaces where there's people that you know don't look like us, may not understand what we're about or get why or how or believe in the value of what we do so you're managing to get access and it's democratizing it's opening up the space to more people do you also think that it's creating a bit of vulnerability because anyone and everyone like we were touching on a bit before is coming into this space trying to make a fast spark some people are doing less legit things do you think people need to be careful do you think the regulation because the idea around this space was like to deregulate and it was to be open um but without any measures in place do you think there's a danger for people to get exploited so personally i think for me i just think it's just worth people doing as much research as possible before dipping your toes in because it's still blockchain itself in its nature is supposed to be decentralized right so using a traditional sense means that like whatever you do you're responsible for there isn't necessarily any sort of customer supports to, to go to in the event you send money to you send crypto to the wrong wallet address type of thing you know if it's gone once it's gone it's gone you know so it's just being careful because it's, it's, it's pretty easy to mess something up you know so it's just worth talking to as many people as possible doing as much research as you can just to make sure you know you're doing the right thing yeah, I double up on what Yemi said. Like, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people being hacked because they're using their cryptocurrency wallets and they're going onto strange websites and signing in. Um, like, treat your if if you're going through this process of setting up your your cryptocurrency wallet and and minting on specific platforms, like treat that cryptocurrency wallet like you would your personal bank deals. Like, be very careful about what you do in each transaction you make and if where you're signing in because this is real money. I think a lot of people forget once they've converted their $100 into cryptocurrency, they forget that it's like real money and they, they lose sight of like being a bit safe about all this stuff. And yeah, it's all on the blockchain and you can, that, that's another thing as well, right? Like if, if I lose um, my crypto wallet, like it's, people know that the art is coming from hash but if i lose my wallet it's it's not from directly me in terms of the blockchain and there's there's all sorts of like issues about that and um so yeah just like be very careful and cautious about you know what you do when you when you when you start up i kind of think it's with um with most things like if it's something you don't know anything about you do have to read up on it and and kind of find out a bit more but i think because this is completely new um there's things that you're just not aware of even like things that wouldn't occur like this some of the stuff that we've spoken about is things that hadn't even occurred to me 
Yeah, there's, there's a lot more information out there now than there was when I started just six months ago. Like I didn't know how to set up a wallet or anything. There's full on blogs and now YouTube videos on how to do everything step by step. And I think that will like get even better over time. Um, so yeah, like just do your research is what I'll say to anyone. Just go online, Google it, you know, and, and take it from there. Thank you. My my kind of background was in model making, so like mixed media and things like that. And I switched from that to um, digital, as in uh, more virtual reality things. Um, and a large part of that was due to uh, the environmental implications of creating mixed media models and using all these glues and paints and things like that. So um, I, I love the idea of VR art um, and, of course, crypto art. Um, but I've been in the reading that I've done so far, um, I've read some bits about how uh, the sustainability aspect and the impact on climate change that uh, crypto art has. So I'd like to kind of hear your thoughts on that and, and what you think and kind of where where the debate is, I guess, open to anybody. Yeah, I can talk about that. Um, so first of all, I'll say like, there is a massive climate issue with this as with using any sort of processing power, um, there are going to be implications to sort of CO2 gases, uh, gases and, and emissions. Um, I guess it's such a new space that a lot of the platforms um, are just now dealing with that and, it, and, and there's constant conversations and dialogues about it. And uh, Yemi mentioned a um, new platform, I forgot how to pronounce it, but they, they are a lot more a bit more eco-friendly and I think as we progress with the space that will get better. Um, there was a lot of negativity and I think I know about the, the, the article you mentioned, um, which I believe although that article was slightly debunked because it was like based on very old research, but I think the, the general thing is to know that like this is just a new space and people are trying to figure it out with like a lot of things um, and like how, you know, Web 2.0 all came about years and years ago. And um, so a lot of people are knocking it down without doing any research. And, um, but of course, there's, there's many, many issues with how the block, blockchain uses um, the processing power, but also like that's the same. And this isn't like shifting blame, but it's also the same with, you know, using Dropbox or, or using Spotify or um, watching YouTube videos. It's all, a lot of heavy processing power that's needed um but people are fixing it and and it's great that there's like real dialogue about that and people are creating new platforms where this gets better and ethereum 2.0 is going to be coming about and hopefully all this stuff helps out i would say like if if that's an issue that anyone's a bit hesitant about um, there are things being done it's a little bit slow but as i said it's new so we just have to see how it sort of plays out. So these, um, these, I think these basic environments are kind of based on um, not necessarily NFTs in itself, but it's more like the underlying technology. So like um, the blockchain itself. And and I'm trying not to get too technical here, <laughs> um, but so in the blockchain space, like there, like whenever you put you you put for a transaction, you know there are people in place to verify said transaction and they're called minus the two portions of that so you have the proof of stake and the proof of work so the the method that ethereum runs off now is the proof of work as of now 
and 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 just like Asha said, you, you you know doing that requires a lot of computing power. Um, and like I said, like frankly, with Ethereum 2.0, they are switching to proof of stake. Which one solves that pro um, solves that problem to an extent of um, of, the, of 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 the amount of um, electricity consumption? And it also does help with gas fees as well, because um, and so hopefully with Ethereum 2.0, we wouldn't be seeing gas fees of 200 or 500 dollars anymore. So yeah, so there are measures in place for that. So it's really good to get a perspective from from you guys to kind of see how within the industry, like what developments are being made, because improvement is always um, the key. So I think yeah, that's um, that's good, and it's like good to know that there are things that are changes that are going to be happening and going to be made. And um, yeah, so now I know to like read up on those things to kind of see where it's going and, and make decisions based on that of what feels right for me. So yeah. I'd like to add this, well, I think the great thing about NFTs in one sense, in terms of the climate aspect is because artists have been getting involved in these conversations, like it's pushed forwards people rethinking how the blockchain is used and, and how these platforms are used. And I think that's actually like incredible. I think without artists getting involved, they wouldn't, some of these technologies that you, that work in, in sort of negative ways wouldn't have you know changed. And I think artists have made a real impact in helping things push forward and, and us realize how we, you know, obviously think about our digital uh, or our ecological footprints. Um, so yeah, I think it's like super interesting to see how everything goes. Yeah, definitely. That's such a good point, how certain influences can shape the future of certain technologies. And these technologies, you're right, Hash, have been around for quite a while. I don't know, Yemi, if you have um, further exposure to this conversation outside of the eco conversation happening prior to this time. It's very interesting that you mentioned that and it's also happening when a lot of creative people are starting to flood the scene. This has been super in terms of just hearing more and having a more broader conversation around the cryptocurrency scene so that everyone can go away, digest. Let's share our socials. Pallavi, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram at inkwell.studios. Um, or on Twitter at Pallavi underscore Dabe. The surname is spelled like Dave, D-A-V-E. You can find me on Twitter, which is probably the best place, um, at Hashmokkerai, H-A-S-H-M-U-K-H-K-E-R-A-I. Right, so you can find me on Instagram, that is Yemi Davis, that's Y-E-M-I-D-A-V-I-S. And on Twitter, it's the same thing, but it's uh, Y-E-M-I-I-D-A-V-I-S. Anyone looking to continue the conversation, reaching out to us um, and at culturexcraft or hashtag culturexcraft. We'd love to hear from you and of course look forward to you listening with us again. One last thing that I do like to ask is if you're in the scene or you were interested in the scene, there's always some people you look up to as your North Stars to guide you or to give you that inspiration within the crypto art scene. Anyone want to bring up any names that people want to go and follow or investigate, find out more about? So um, mine are now Hash and Yemi. Cheers. <laughs> 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 uh, I would say uh, there, there's a guy on Twitter called Loopify, 
um, who's who's doing a lot of like cool articles and and blogs and just tweets a lot about the space and and you can go and like check out what's going on. He's always updating people about what's going on. Yeah, so I've got two. So there is uh, there's Art Jedi on Clubhouse and on Twitter, and there is also NFT Trish. Both are two amazing amazing ladies doing wonderful stuff in the NFT space. Uh, they do they they run rooms where people just come in and chat about what they're working on. They also talk, do a lot of talking, sorry, they talk a lot about mental health because that is also very important within the space as well. So um, yeah, the two awesome people to check out. Could you say the first name again? It, it kind of got a bit distorted. Oh, sorry, so that is Art Jedi. Art Jedi, what a cool name, in the Clubhouse app. Yeah, in Clubhouse. One thing I did want to share when I was doing research for the sort of micro pod that I did on the crypto scene was the mint.af fund they are a collective of nft artists from a variety of spaces all around the globe but they've come together to help support and raise funding so the bipoc and lgbtqia um, artists especially those outside of north america and the european union can get access to funding for gas money so www.mint.af that seems really cool what they're doing there all right thanks everyone for joining and coming together to talk about crypto it was actually a a nice bit of spice and a nice bit of like specialist knowledge i think everyone's going to go away knowing a bit more and having a bit more of a deeper view on the scene because of all your views so cheers for your time thank you for having us maybe we'll come back later on in the year and see see what's going down in the scene yeah like silicon valley is going crazy over there so I guess it's, it's everything mad. is going to be, anything and everything will be up for grabs, like. Yeah, because like with NFTs, like it's not just limited to art, like, you know, there's, there's a company called Poppy, and they're looking to tokenize land and property. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that way you can actually buy and sell property as an NFT, and you would actually own the land. Everything is changing. Everything is changing.